Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Wow. Good morning, everyone. And Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. It's so nice to be back in the house and um, with everyone and welcome everybody online as well. It's so nice to be here. Hopefully we're all feeling refreshed and um, ready for the new year. Um, I just wanted to start by saying thank you to Carl and Lisa. Um, I have been dreaming about this for a really long time. Um, I was meant to preach a long time ago, but it never ended up happening. And um, to be honest, I wasn't, I'm not actually scared about being up here. I'm a little bit nervous, but the only thing I was actually nervous about was being too short to stand behind the pulpit. I actually bought new shoes, guys, so that I'm not too short. So, um, yeah, thank you for entrusting me with all these people. Thank you for giving me a microphone. I don't know whose idea that was. Hopefully I don't say anything too inappropriate, but she'll be right. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you. Hi. Um, hi, I'm Georgia. I am a mum of two beautiful kids, Mercy and Israel. Aren't they beautiful? Um, you guys probably would have seen me walking out with one of them crying at some point, and I love the face that you guys make. You're kind of like... <laughs> um, a lot of people are shocked to find out that I'm a mum because apparently I look really young and um, I'll just let you know a story. Last year I had the internet guy come around, he's, a, he's an Indian guy, an Indian guy sorry, with a cowboy hat which was hilarious but he came to the door and he goes, hi is your mum here? And I was like, I am the mum, <laughs> that rude. Um, I'm also a wife to that handsome guy over there. We've 120 kilos. There's a picture of us up there. Um, yeah, so this year we'll be celebrating our two years of being married. Wow. And um, that happened one Wednesday. We were sitting on the couch and we were like, should we just get married today? Which is so random. And apparently you can't just go down to the courthouse anymore and get married. So that was pretty unromantic. We had to order our papers and it came a couple of days later. And it was at the end of lockdown, so we only had a couple people there. And um, I didn't even wear shoes. It was a bit horror stories, but that's kind of how I roll. If you actually know me, that's how I roll. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. Um, also, I'm a youth worker at the college. Um, that's pretty amazing. And I'm also the youth uh, uh, coordinator at Hype, which is a youth health centre as well. And I just started that at the end of last year, so that's pretty awesome. And um, something that I used to do, which I haven't done for a while, is to start my year with a mission statement. And this used to really carry me through, and I would absolutely hold on to it in tough times. And my last one was when I was a youth worker before I had kids, and um, it was teach them to walk in peace and not in pieces. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was so powerful at the time because it wasn't about me. It was about putting people back together that truly needed help. And sometimes the situations would be about friends, would be about boyfriends and girlfriends and family breakdowns, and sometimes we'd even have people wanting to end their lives, which is awful. And um, my mission was solely about being the light of Jesus in their lives so that they can feel his peace and that would put the pieces back together. Uh, this year, I wanted to have another mission statement, and um, this 
keeps me passionate, it gives me vision, and the only thing that I can hear God saying to me is, no man left behind. So whatever that means to me this year, I'm not too sure yet, but I'm holding on to it. And, um, but I do think about the scripture in Matthew 18:12, which says, What do you think about this? A man has 100 sheep and one of them is lost. Will he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to look for the one lost sheep? This year, I believe it's all about the one. And we were all that one sheep that was rescued. And it doesn't matter if we grew up in a Christian home or like me, in a dysfunctional, non-traditional family, we were all rescued. And someone or some group of people were there for you, and now you are here. So 2022, New Year, New Me is not the catchphrase. It's New Year, New Mission. And um, I don't want to be laxy-daisy anymore about how I feel about Jesus, because truly, I felt close to ending my life at times. Well, there was one time where I really, there was a really awful time, and... um, I felt far from God, and I felt like I wouldn't be welcomed back here, and that was a lie that I believed for a really long time, And um, but slowly I let the walls come down, and now I'm grateful for more time, and it's important to know that that's a gift and not a right, so let's use our new year wisely from a very wise person telling you, okay? <laughs> Um, I also don't really like telling people this, so if you guys could kind of just keep it in here. <clears throat> I'm actually from Australia. <laughs> I grew up in New Zealand, though. Sorry if there's any Australians in here. I grew up in New Zealand, though. I've been here for about 20 years, so I feel like I'm a Kiwi now. And I also, I'm not a Māori, but I feel like I am, so that kind of counts, right? Yeah, that counts. Uh, I have moved back and forth from Australia more than five times. I've been kicked out and fighting with my family and thinking I know what I'm doing with my life. And um, I don't really have a childhood home. And um, I've moved to so many houses, but the brilliant thing about it is that everywhere I go, I make it my home. And I love moving. I even want to move from here, but not even for a bad reason. It's just I love starting fresh. So. Um, unfortunately for you guys, I'm planted here, so yeah. until Jesus buys me a million dollar mansion in, um, in Nelson, you guys are stuck for me, so I don't think I'm asking for much, by the way, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so I moved here to New Zealand when my parents split up. My mum moved to New Zealand with my younger brother and my younger sister and myself, while leaving my dad and my two older sisters in Australia. I remember moving to this random farm in between all of this happening and um, I was so confused and I was wondering why everyone was so sad and I just really wished that somebody sat down with me and explained it all. But one day, on our last day, um, me and my younger siblings were sitting on the couch and my sisters come in to say goodbye and they were crying and I just thought we were kind of going on holiday but, and I was like, weird, why are you crying, goodbye? And then my dad came in, and I remember him grabbing me tightly and saying, I love you, and um, I'll be seeing you soon. And I'd never seen my dad cry before. And it was just, I knew something was different. It was, it was just so strange. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, my dad would kind of, kind of give me a pat on the back, and he'd be like, yeah, ha And I'm like, oh, I love you too. But yeah, that was different. And so when we left, we moved to Mangere Bridge in Auckland, which I don't know if you've been there. That is just like 
a pretty rough area of New Zealand. And that was awful. We moved from there to Tukuroa. And that is the centre of the North Island, pretty much, if you guys have never been there. And I just fit in really well with the kids. It was just really rough, though. And I made it through high school, thankfully. I finished with exactly 13 credits, all up. Which, if you don't know about credits, I think you're meant to have like over 300 or something like that. So I had 13. Um, and honestly, I don't even really remember school. And it's all really ironic because I am a youth worker and I was a teacher aide and I feel like all my time is helping kids finish their work, trying to get through it. And they're like, Miss, it's easy for you to say you're probably really good at school. And I just don't want to tell them I finished with 13 credits. But... <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> During high school, um, my boyfriend at the time, his family went to church and one of the rules was if I was going to hang out there or stay over is that I had to go to church. So, um, My relationship with my mum at that time was not that great and I was out of the house six days out of seven. So she never really asked where I was and she had her own life. And when I was growing up with her, our house was the party house. And I was exposed to a lot. A lot of the parenting responsibilities were mine. and. Um, the lifestyle that my mum had, it just was not nurturing and loving for me at that time. And um, as the oldest of all my siblings out of the three of us, I caught the most abuse, mostly to protect them. And this just really shut me down as a kid. And um, my siblings in Aussie really couldn't understand why I was so full of anger and rage and hate for everyone and everything. But I just bore the brunt of all of my mum's frustrations, her hurt and anger, honestly. It was just, it was such a hostile and abusive environment. But looking back now, I just wonder how much my mum would have bloomed if she had amazing people like you guys in her life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you know someone and they're kind of going through a tough time, you don't know how much, like even just a coffee date would mean to them. So, so support your community, guys. Yeah. Anyways, in high school, I was going to church with a pretty amazing family. I would sing super loud to mock everyone, and I'd have my hands up, singing with my eyes closed, because I honestly thought it was such a joke. So hopefully no one's doing that here. <laughs> and I ended up moving down here from the North Island to do dairy farming on one of the Townsend farms, if you guys don't know that. Um, it was the worst decision ever, just saying. I am not a morning person, and I absolutely hated that job. Um, it wasn't the people at all, they were amazing, but I just gotta give it to you dairy farmers. If there's any dairy farmers here, you guys are machines, <laughs> so good job. Um, my living situation with the guy that I was with wasn't great. We ended up getting engaged as well, thinking that it would be the right thing. Um, we came to church and we wanted to live right, but it just wasn't it, so we broke up. But a long time before all of that happened though, I had been trying to dream about careers and things that I wanted to experience, and I just had no support. I feel like I had no direction, I felt really dumb for dreaming, and that the things that I wanted were completely unachievable. There was no room for me to dream, and I felt like I was doomed to be a stay-at-home farmer's wife and mum, and I just wasn't about that life at the time. Um, meanwhile, while I was feeling all of this, my dad in Australia always told me that I was special, that I needed to chase my dreams, people that dim your light don't love you, and that I can do it even though the process is hard and that help isn't far away. Wow. Yeah. 
He was always pretty firm on us following our dreams, which is pretty incredible. Which actually, thinking back now, I feel like that's so Jesus, like protecting me and encouraging me before I even knew him. But um, my dream at the time was to be a vet that specializes in elephants, (laughs) which is pretty wild. Now that I think of it, I'm like, yeah, if someone said it to me, I'd be like, um, do you know we live in New Zealand? (laughs) Now, I'm single at this point. And this is where I really got stuck into church. And I ended up living with Nathan and Kerry. And um, they loved me. They fed me. They helped me with anything and everything. And I just introduced them to everyone as my parents because that's just what they are. And they were just this solid Christian family example that I just, my heart longed for in my life. And I just wanted to be like them. And I still want to be like them. So within a year, I had my trip to Thailand booked to do a vet course at an elephant sanctuary. And I wish I put photos up because it was just the craziest time. But I did it. I did the course. I got chosen to do an actual rescue, which was incredible. And I left the sanctuary for a week to pick up an elephant at the bottom of Thailand. And um, just the feeling of watching her walk off the track into the sanctuary was just... It was like a moment I've never experienced in my life. She had been abused for over 50 years. Um, She had holes in her head from having a hook stabbed onto her head when she wasn't listening or if she needed a break. And um, she would carry giant logs up mountains and she had a broken shoulder. So she was just tired. She was really old. And um, just the feeling of watching her walk out into the sanctuary, my heart was just like swelling my eyes were welling up with tears and she's now free and in that moment I was like so am I so it was just a really amazing moment and so when I came back I finished my vet nursing training and I decided I didn't want to do that in the end because it was so stressful but I was still going to church and I was still going strong for Jesus Caitlin and I were running a young adults group which was amazing I helped out as a youth leader with Brad and Anna And um, all of this eventually led me to be an intern here with Ruby. Uh, That was the best, the worst, the most challenging, stretching and healing year ever. I learned so much. I served so much. I taught and received so much. But the one thing that I was told before I even started the year of interning, guys, was no boyfriends. Which is fine, right? I'm the strong Christian woman. I don't need a guy. Like, who's going to come along and kind of steal me away from my plans anyway? Everyone, nudge the person next to you and tell them it's about to get juicy. (laughs) Obviously, I met someone. He's pretty cute. He's pretty funny. I thought he was super rich, and he thought I was super rich, which he did not know me and Ruby were splitting the bill on $5 pizzas. So that's when we were both idiots. (coughs) Not me and Ruby. Um, Long story short, we fell in love. Oh, but really it wasn't amazing. We don't flirt to convert around here, guys. And we also don't have secret boyfriends when we are setting a year aside for God. So if if you write anything down today, write that down. So I had a secret, not so secret boyfriend while interning. I was drowning in conviction. Serving was hard. Speaking here was hard, and I just started to feel that feeling like I'm too deep now and I can't turn back. No one will want me if they truly knew the whole truth of what I had been doing. And that was the biggest lie I believed, and it stole so much time. 
We all know that the thief comes <clears throat> to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and to give it abundantly. I was so stuck in that rut, but I was here every Sunday. And that's all that matters. People's arms were open and homes were open for me. There were ears to listen to me, but I was just drifting away. The cracks in my foundation were beginning to show and I began to isolate myself and stress became more stressful. Sadness was more sad. And God wasn't my source of strength anymore. It was now Corbin. And that was just such a massive strain on our relationship. One night we sat down to have dinner and I got a phone call from my brother. I was like, bro, look at these nachos, they look so good. He stopped me and he asked me where I was and it was weird because he's living in Australia at the time. I'm like, I'm home man, what's up? And he goes, George, I'm so sorry, but mum died yesterday. I felt like my whole body had evaporated. It, it was just so devastating. Um, I straight away thought about her never being at my wedding. Um, never kissing her future grandkids and me being a mum without a mum. Um, I cried day and night until I saw her on the marae with her bright yellow sunflower casket. Um, it was the best funeral ever. It was so honouring and so full of love and laughter. And all of us kids were so flippin' inappropriate, it was so bad. <laughs> my mum and I had reconciled when I became a Christian, and I became really close to her and we spoke all the time. I had dreams for her to share her story, to have a new life, and to know the Jesus that I knew. And I was so mad at God for stealing that dream away from me, but that was a, such a massive lie that I believed for a long time. Um, I didn't end up finishing my interning. I just couldn't. There was no amount of encouragement, help with my papers, or anything that made me want to do anything for God. I felt guilty. Maybe if I didn't have a secret boyfriend, my mum wouldn't have died. And shortly, shortly after, I found out that I'm pregnant, which came with so much more shame. I felt ashamed that I had been telling your kids that um, building a strong foundation. I was telling your kids how to build a strong foundation to come up against these, these battles and now I was going through it and not one bit of me could lift a finger to fight for myself. I now have to face everyone here with a huge belly and um, what I love is that not one person said anything to me that made me feel unwelcome and um, if anything everyone loves a pregnant lady. <laughs> Um, and it's pretty good that no one said anything because to be honest, I had been rehearsing in my head what I was going to say if someone did and I was going to wreck your day. So I'm pretty happy about that. So now I feel fully submerged and feeling convicted now and I cry through every single worship song and I can't look people in the eye. I feel like a failure and my relationship with Corb sucks at this moment. And now I have a little baby to show how to live this amazing life when I just, my life feels like absolute rubbish. Fast forwarding to me living like this for about two years, Corbin and I did a pre-marriage course with Mel and Megan. Um, we got married and we had another baby. And, um, excuse me, life is honestly significantly better. You just have to know that you're never too far from God. You just have to be proactive. 
The hardest part about coming back for me is not the choice, but getting over what I think people are going to think about me. I can't say that my life is perfect because it is not, and every day you have a choice to make. My source of strength came back to Jesus. I'm not strong enough myself, and Corbin's not strong enough for both of us, and we absolutely need him. One day you're going to hear this guy's story because he's absolutely amazing. I really didn't dive into how bad our relationship was at the time, but um, there was a time that it was almost like there was no point in trying to fix it. <clears throat> we just had too much damage. But we know that nothing's too big for God. No one is too far gone. No relationship is too broken. You are the one that Jesus said was worth saving. I don't know why I was the <laughs> It's a new year, and being held back by your past can't be an option. The time that you lost someone you love, this year we're going to live for them. You had a dream that you didn't or couldn't pursue, and I promise you it's not too late. Anxiety and depression may have ruled your life, but not this year. There's an amazing village of people willing to share your pain. Do not shoulder it alone anymore. Negativity is being thrown in our face and it can make us live in fear. Let this year be a year about being brave, whatever that looks like for you. I don't want to miss an opportunity for people to respond to the news that Jesus loves you. At the start of the year when we're all making big decisions, the best decision that you can make is having a brand new beginning and knowing who God is. This could be the beginning of the rest of your life. And whether you're in this room or whether you're online, the question I want to ask you is, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted him into your life? Have you ever prayed a simple prayer that says that you want God's forgiveness? Maybe last year you were distracted along the way. Maybe at some point you made some choices and now you feel distant from God. The great news about God is that even when we make mistakes and even when we turn our backs on Him, He will never turn His back on you. He's a God full of grace. He's a God full of mercy. And He loves you today as you are. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer before, but I would love the incredible opportunity to do that with you now. Can I please have every eye closed and every head bowed? If you want to know this Jesus that I am talking about, don't leave here the same. While everyone is reflecting and thinking about where they stand with God, I want to introduce you to the Jesus that rose from the grave for you and I so that we could be in right standing with God. So be brave. You may feel your heart pounding as you make the decision to draw that line in the sand. And if that is you and you want to respond and say this prayer, we would do it together as a family. If you want to say it after me. Dear Jesus, today I am drawing a line in the sand. I need a brand new beginning. I want to follow you. For the rest of my days. Right now, I ask for your forgiveness. I open my life to you to lead me and help me. Walk with me and talk with me. 
In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, congratulations. I'm sure there'll be one or two people floating around um, by our fantastic new tea and coffee station. Um, yeah.